On this Monday evening, we will take the time to preview tonight's national championship game, the highly anticipated, much-awaited battle between unbeaten LSU and unbeaten Clemson. And we will do that with the uh, best college football analyst there is, and that's Gary Danielson. Gary, welcome. How are you? Mike, you were close. It was much anticipated, but it's been a long time. That's my first question to you. Do you worry since December 28th? This is way too long, and I think yeah. it's hurt some of the buildup for the game. I think it's taken some of the steam away from this dream matchup. Do you worry, Gary, these guys keeping these teams sharp for this game? No, not, not that. I worry that, you know, I'm, I'm – well, I don't, worry's not the word, but just as an observation. I mean, I like to watch football. A lot of people love to watch football. We all watched all weekend. You see the ratings. Millions and millions of people. And are they going to watch tonight? I don't know. I, I, think sure they'll, they'll I think they will. I, I think they will. Core. Yeah, I just think for the national game, though, you know how the final. I agree. Listen, I agree. Has, it holds the nation. Uh, this is not holding the name. I it's totally gonna, agree. I totally agree, especially at 28th of December, long right. time ago. It killed the rest of the bowl games, absolutely yeah. killed them. I mean, I played golf during Michigan, Alabama, to tell you how bad that is. I mean, so <laughs> well, think about that. I was I in Florida. That, I, yeah, I, I mean, so I, I, that's, that's how crazy it is. I mean, I, I have to admit, it bothered me. I loved it, especially how yeah. good, let's be real, how good was the Clemson-Ohio State game? It was a great game. Great game. Yes, and I... Listen, I just thought, you know, coming the day after the big NFL weekend, this is the NFL's biggest weekend. you got the four games, doubleheaders, going into Sunday night. You're barely in talk radio and talk TV now. You're barely going to get one segment on this game. No question. And not only that, you had baseball come down with this bombshell today. And you know what? I am one of the few guys who's going to preview it because, uh, you know, I care about it, and I think a lot of my audience will. I know know ESPN and ABC, uh, you know, they have the game. And they're trying – I don't know what the – But I agree with you. I think think everything you said is true. I think it's too long. I think they have to do better. And I'll tell you this. I never thought – I would be behind them expanding it, but I think now they are going to expand the playoff. Ooh, I think I, I think know. it's going to happen. I, I think they will, I think now they have heard everything else so much. I think they need to expand the playoff. I really do. Well, well, I think clearly this is going to be a tough year to expand because clearly there was three teams better than everybody else this year, and um, it, that showed up in the playoffs. But let's just go back. I just think the Monday after the of the the biggest day in the NFL is a tough sell. Now I know, you know, they want their Monday night game and I get it. That's a trademark for them to have. I think it should be before. I you know, the way people get hooked I think the people football watchers have accepted Thursday as a football night. I agree. I'm wondering why they can't have this game Thursday night or the big weekend of the And Thursday NFL. is a very good TV night. It's one of the biggest TV nights. Other than I Sunday, think they it's need the biggest... to rethink it. Yes, I, I really I agree. too long, too far into the NFL playoffs. I agree. It's hard to get the people. That said, we got a good football game. All right, here we go. Now, let me ask you these because you can answer them better than anybody. Number one, has anybody ever had a better year at quarterback in college football than Burrow? I think one of the three best years. Uh, I think Cam Newton took a team that was devoid of players. I think there was only one other NFL player on that team that amounted to anything, and that was you know Nick Fairley, a defensive lineman. 
Cam Newton carried that Auburn team that year by almost by himself. I, I think Vince Young at Texas, and now I think what Joe Burrow has done this year at, at LSU are the three greatest years by a quarterback in one single season. To, to win one game, would you take Lawrence or would you take Burrow? Um, I'm going to take Burrow because of the age right now. You know, Joe Burrow is l- older than Lamar Jackson. He, he, he is a veteran football player, and Trevor's going to get better next year than he is this year. So in one game, the tiebreaker for me is the experience of Joe Burrow. But, you know, it doesn't mean Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he beat Tua last year. So what Trevor brings, and, and I thought Dabo was very smart about this, uh, I've got three or four advantages on the on the board that I think Clemson can take. Number one is his running ability, clearly, and they didn't use it. That's what I think Dabble was so smart about. He it was like a jockey that didn't put the whip to his horse through the whole three quarters of the race. He just let it kind of run and didn't really. And everybody's like, "What's wrong with what's wrong with Clemson?" Was he knew he couldn't ride this team too hard until it got close to that final stretch where he could say, all right, you ready to play? Because we're going to play now. And he did not run Trevor Lawrence, and you can see what a difference he is. Because if you watch the Ohio State game, Ohio State had the better team. Should have beat them. Yep. Easily should have beat them. Top to bottom, you know, they get their running back hurt. They leave two touchdowns on the board. They got a fumble touchdown called back, and they lose one of their best players on defense on a targeting call. And they still had the ball in, J- in Justin Fields' hands to win the game. And threw a terrible interception. Well, the receiver pulled off. I'll give him that. It was a terrible interception. I don't know if it was all his fault, but gotcha. it was a tough interception. But, yes, Trevor Lawrence is running. They saved it, and that could be one of the advantages I agree. of this game that they could take advantage. Now let me ask you one other one and then we'll get back to the game. For 10 I make you the general manager of the uh whatever team you want, Detroit Lions, whoever else you want. 10 years you're taking Burrow, you're taking Lawrence. Oh, it's a great question. I was hoping you would ask because I don't think there is an answer to this. I mean, uh you know, it, it's it's Marino Elway ish. Wow. Type of, uh, it, it, I I really think they're going to have that type of So you of think Burrow is going to be really good? I I my comparison everybody's took a, Brady, a lot of comparisons. Is Brady, as you said. Brady, no, it wasn't I I I didn't exactly, but I could see where people uh people have used that comparison. I said there are attributes about him that are Brady-esque. But the way he plays, he's a much better athlete than Tom. He plays like an old-timer that I played with. He plays like Kenny Anderson. Okay, he's oh, that's right. You did use that. You did say that to me before, Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson was a wonderful player. He was really a tremendous player. Yes, tremendous player for the Cincinnati Bengals. More athletic than a you know Tom's the greatest and deadly accurate and deadly deadly accurate. accurate. He was a sixty-five percent passer when the rest of the league was a fifty-five percent passer. Absolutely. So that's and that's why I think Cincinnati's going to take him. And and listen, Trevor's going to be good, but he's going to get better. Trevor's not there yet. Uh, he still doesn't quite understand it in the offense he runs, but his upside is spectacular. I'll, right. I'll give him that. Now, Ohio State gets 500-plus yards against, yep. Yep. Against, against Clemson. This yep. is not the Clemson defense of the past no. two years. We know that. I make you the defensive coordinator tonight. 
against this guy. How are you going to be? Are you going to drop and cover? Are you going to blitz? Are you going to mix it up? What are we going to do to get this guy off his mark? If you watched uh, the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, one thing I'll give uh, the thing I'll give credit to, and Tony was all over it. Is I don't know if there is a defense for a quarterback like this. Okay, and I don't think with the weapons that. Joe has and his experience and the way he's got NFL coaching now and the, the tough games that he's played, no individual defense is going to work. You know, you, you, you do have to do a bit of everything, but you also have to understand, and I go back, you know, I, I, I played my ball in Detroit, and I was there when the Pistons were playing and they were taking the championship away, you know, from Michael Jordan. And Joe Dumars always had the assignment to cover, cover Michael Jordan, and Joe used to talk about it that you can't get down about the fact that you can play perfect defense and he's going to put 38 to 40 on you. You have to still run back down the court and play the same tough defense again. And that's the toughest thing when you face these great quarterbacks is you can play perfect and he might put 38 points on you. And you just can't get down and start gambling and go outside of the defense. I really think Clemson... And you're right, they're not. They lost three number one draft picks, Colleen Farrell, Wilkins, and Lawrence from last year. And their fourth guy, uh, Mullen, was also drafted. I mean, they're not the same defense. They're not going to match up against this LSU offense. What they really have to hope for is Brent Venables does kind of what he did to Tua last year, catch him in a couple bad plays. I mean, all year Last year, Trevor did not, uh, excuse me, Tua did not have a bad game until he nicked his ankle against Georgia, and he had his worst game in the championship. This year, it'd be hard to find a game, maybe Auburn. I did that game. Why was the Auburn game, now his number, they they had 500 yards offense. Why did they they only score 20 points? All right, and here's the answer. They did exactly what Alabama did to Clemson last year. In this game, they put close to 500 yards against a extremely talented Clemson defense. They stopped them in the red zone, and Clemson did the same thing to Ohio State. Ohio State went up and down the field, and they forced them to kick field goals in the red zone. That's what Auburn did to Joe Burrow. But I don't see Clemson doesn't have a Derrick Brown. And no, a doesn't Marvin have those Davis. kind of linemen. No, exactly. Well, I don't know how they can rush three. I don't know even how they can rush four. They're going to have to blitz them, and, and that they're just going to have to hope he misses some throws. They need a B game from Joe Burrow, and, it, and, and I don't even know if he had a B game against Auburn. Auburn was very talented that day, and their pass rush was effective. He just didn't score touchdowns. They still put over 500 yards up against Auburn in that game. They just didn't score touchdowns. The same formula they used against Ohio State is what they have to do to LSU. They have to force them to kick field goals. Gary, they, the, we're talking about Gary Danson. You do the SEC. You know how good the SEC uh, is right. as a league. It's ahead above everybody else. We know that. In his last, including the Oklahoma game, where he right. was outrageous, okay, where he could have thrown 10 touchdown passes. His last yeah. touchdown pass came with 25 minutes left in the game. Right. He could have thrown 10 touchdown passes. He threw seven. His last six games, 25 touchdowns, two intercepts against Georgia, against Alabama, against top teams, 25-2. 
seven in the last game, and they've averaged 53 points in their last five games, and that's counting top SEC teams in Oklahoma. Well, Can and, anybody and, keep them in the 40s? Well, I'll give you a positive and a, and a, a negative on that, okay? This ain't Oklahoma. They're playing. Right. Oklahoma's defense is embarrassing. I agree. It, all right. I mean, and they, I, it was hard to watch. The, on the opposite side, they're going to get the best player, his best weapon back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't even play. So they're going to get better on offense. But, you know, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator for Clemson, he's used to big games. He's used to playing against big quarterbacks now. Boy, he, didn't job, he did not do much with Justin Fields. This is not... This is not an elite Clemson defense. It's not. Can Clemson outscore them? That's what they got to do. Can they do it? You know, when I was watching the game yesterday and Houston was up 24 to nothing, what I think if if I was Bill O'Brien. What a dumb move he made up. You can't fake that punt. That made no sense. That made no sense. I wasn't for that either. But I would have said something else to my team. We got three quarters. If we can score a touchdown a quarter, they can't beat us. As long you know, as we don't turn the ball or we score a touchdown, they they don't have enough time to score enough points. And that's what I think in this game is you got to put up. Clemson's got to look at this and say we got to score. I mean, we're not going to hold these guys. But Clemson's not going to go short fields here. They're going to score in chunks too. They're going to take the field in chunks, well, which means they're going to the, score quickly. And if you score quickly, the, they're right back on the field. Here's the advantage that Clemson has in the game. They, they, they can hang their hat on, I think, three things offensively. The First running of, all, of the quarterback, number one. Yes, yes. At the speed of Etienne. Etienne's okay. a wonderful player. He's and an he underrated catches, player. Yes. He's fast, and he catches short passes and makes long games. No question. LSU plays man-to-man. He could gash them. And in Higgins and Ross, because LSU is going to play bump and run man-to-man coverage all over the field, they've got two six-foot-five receivers going against not small corners, Stingley right. 6-2, but those 50-50 balls they catch. They did it against Alabama. They did it against everybody. They could make the man-to-man coverage of LSU pay. So now, it's 40. So you look at, you're, you're telling me you're, you're, you're I think Clemson, they got to get in the 40s. Your Clemson prescription is, is they, they're going to have to score over 40 points to win. And that's where I go to the Joe Dumars thing. You've got to tell your team that you just got to keep putting your hand up Make and shoot it over your hand. He's, I'm, not, I'm not comparing them to Michael Jordan, but the, the mindset is just because they're scoring doesn't mean you're playing bad defense. And sooner or later, if we keep doing it well, we'll get a break. He'll throw Joe Burrow. will throw one of those passes that he hit against Georgia and he hit against Alabama and he hit. He'll throw one a foot short and we'll get it. And that's what they got to think about in this game. You see LSU as much as anybody. You watch yep. the SEC every week. You know how good the league is. You know Clemson inside and out. Yep. I don't know. Can Clemson anybody stop? Can anybody stop LSU? I don't think so. Okay. I think LSU can. Um, the LSU team, the most underrated part of their team, is the part we haven't even really talked about. I mean, their their defense is now getting healthy. Clavion Chase and his back, he's healthy. They're inside players. They got a nose tackle, Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, Tyler Shelvin's his name, number 72. He's a monster. Everybody in the league talks about the fact that if you have any chance of, 
of running the ball against LSU, you got to handle the nose, and he's almost unblockable inside. He's 340 pounds, and he's one of the best football players in the league that nobody even talks about. They're tough. They're a good defense. They get caught because they play man-to-man a lot, and you can get big chunks, as you mentioned. But their defense is vastly underrated, and then they're flexible in their offense. Thaddeus Moss is a tough matchup, Randy Moss's son, and Clyde Edwards, they'll line up all over the field. They use NFL comp, uh, type of pass patterns and, and strategies, and Joe Burrow is a fifth or sixth year player. I mean, like right. I said, he could be in any other sport. He's two years into the pros already. Why is, is Did Burrow emerge because of the offensive coordinator, or is there another reason why it took him this long to emerge? Well, first of all, he needed a little experience in playing. He hadn't played football in three years. So last year, even if Burrow and the same system was there a year ago, there would have been a growing curve for him, just getting ready to play football again. Uh, but there's no doubt that two years in, and, and, a, and a better system than last year has has put everything together for Joe, and he's been extremely focused. He's a good, tough football player. He is extremely motivated. He's he's as cocky as he comes. Now that is a Brady comparison that holds up. Uh, you know, I covered Tom at Michigan. He went through all that stuff with he and Drew Henson back in the day. The the Yankee player yep. that sure. played it. I remember he took his job. Took his yeah, job. Yeah, he took. They they battled. Remember yes. they would each play a quarter. And yep. Whoever had the first good first half, and it just. It really grinded on Tom because he thought he was the better quarterback and he carried that chip all the way into the NFL. Well, Joe's got that same chip and that same competitive instincts, and which shows on the field that he's extremely confident. He made a lot of great plays a year ago. The team and his growth, it just wasn't ready for where they are this year. They scored 37 against Georgia. They scored 46 against Alabama. They scored 63 against Oklahoma. They scored 50 against A&M. They scored 50 against Ole Miss. They scored 50 against Arkansas. Um, They've averaged 53 their last five games. They are a runaway train I would say that you you go in this game and you pretty much can tell your team, if you're Brent Venables, if we can hold them in the 30s, we can win this game. If we can – I mean, so the target is – to try, somehow, 30. somehow keep them under forty points. That's what I would say. If I would, now, you know, you, there's no coach that says that, but I think when Dabo and Brent get together and they say, Brent, sell to your team that they're going to score. Don't lose confidence. That's what I've been telling them. All that's what I'd be telling them for two weeks. Now he's going to come up with some stuff. He, he always does. But you know, as as Joe Burrow said, and he was quoted as saying, he says, I don't even know why I watch film anymore. He says, the last half of the year, anything I watched on tape, they did not play in our game. Is LSU ready for this? I mean, you know, that they, they've had this emergence to the big time. We wondered if they were ready for Alabama. Were they ready finally to take their spot here? It seems like they've been more than ready. Are they ready for this last step? I think they're going to feel some pressure playing at home. Often teams do. It's going to be a almost... An 80% LSU home team crowd. If things don't go well, they could press in this game, feeling the pressure of closing out this season. Reminds me a little bit about the 2011 team that played Alabama in the 2012 National Championship in the Dome. They wanted to finish it so bad. They wanted it. It was at home. They had a perfect record going in the game, and they were tight in the game. Um, You know, playing at home sometimes does do that. But I don't 
think they're face. I, I just thought Alabama was a better team than the Clemson. I let's put it this way: if this was, and I, you know, I know why. If Dabo's hearing this, it's too late for him to hear this. It is. So he won't be able to use this. Right. And he's been a master at playing the underdog for a team that's been undefeated two years in a row. Okay, but to me, if this was a seven-game series in other sports, I think Clemson would be fortunate to steal a game in the. Wow. Series. So they're going to have to play a perfect game tonight. I think so. LSU has, is going to have seven to ten first-round draft picks playing on the field in this game. Not this year, but over the next four years playing on this field. Unbelievable. Thanks very much for coming on. Appreciate All it very right, much. Thanks, Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Gary Danielson, back after this. So LSU and Clemson, and I agree. Clemson is very good offensively, have big receivers, great back, tremendous quarterback who can run and pass, and he's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. This year will be obviously the LSU quarterback who has been just sensational. This LSU team has been a juggernaut, averaging 53 points against top-level competition in the last five games. 53 points a game. I mean, that is stunning when you think about it. So if, if LSU kept them to 37 and won this game 38-37 or won at 41-40, it would be a great job all the way around. I don't think LSU is going to be under – 37, 38 points minimum. I don't think they'll be under that. Could Clemson score them in? They could, but Clemson is not a great defensive team. They're a good offensive team uh, because they really gave up a lot of yardage to Ohio State. They gave up 500 yards in the game. They gave up three on the passing. They gave up uh, 174 yards uh, to Dobbins, who I think is a wonderful, I think 184 yards, as a matter of fact. Uh, it's a wonderful running back and be a very, very good pro. Um, now, of course, the other story, and I'm sure Steve Summers is coming up after me, we'll be dealing with that, uh, will be the baseball. Like I said, Manfred, right job, suspension, very fair and very, uh, very, right on the, very much pinpoint right on target. I think the owner did the right thing in getting rid of them. I think it's going to be a long time for them coming back. And it sounds like Core is in for the same fate. Now, does he get fired too? Let's see what the suspension is, and I would not be surprised if he does. And I'll tell you, it's going to be a hard, long time for these guys to come back because I think the suspensions might be one year, but you know what? I can't see anybody hiring them. What owner is going to you know, put out the buffet table, lay out the shrimp and the roast beef, and say, guys, we're moving into a new era. Here are the guys that we are going to believe in. Oh, really? What a feast that will be. Imagine tell, tell, so let me get this straight. You care nothing about integrity. You care nothing about anything. You hired a guy who did. Not easy to do. Maybe five years from now, the manager gets another job. Maybe he begins a slow reclamation of his image. But, boy, I'll tell you, it's going to take years and years for that to happen. These are not one-year penalties for these guys. They could wind up being lifetime penalties for these guys because although – they may be free to come back in a year. Uh, baseball is going to turn a very, very cold shoulder to them for years and years to come. And you know what? Rightly so. And it sounds like, and I know no one else who was not an authority there. Cora would not have gotten in trouble for Houston. Beltran is in no trouble for Houston. None of the players are in trouble for Houston. But Cora is in a bunch of hot water for Boston. And if it is as bad as everybody thinks, then I think he could be looking at the same fate, both in terms of suspension, some places you're hearing more, 
and in terms of him walking the plank. And you can see Boston in, a, in the throes of a major rebuilding process out of this. I think they are headed in that way where they would, they'll break this down, make some trades, and start over. They've won a lot recently. Uh, they can afford to do that. They're not afraid to do that while the Yankees fear doing that. So the Yankees, who are the five or two favorites to win it all this year, really could have a very softened American League. Uh, on a year where they are the strongest they've been in many years. Steve Summers is next. We'll see you tomorrow.